Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 12th of July. India recorded the biggest single-day jump yet again today. More than 28,000 new infections were reported, taking the country's tally to close to 850,000. 551 fresh fatalities have pushed the death toll in the country to over 22,600. Union Home Minister Amit Shah, however, called India's efforts to tackle the COVID crisis as one of the most successful battles. He said, and I quote, India is one of the most populous countries. Everyone thought, how will a country like India battle COVID-19? There were apprehensions, but today the whole world is witnessing how one of the most successful battles against COVID-19 has been fought here. Unquote. As the country sees a rapid rise in cases, there has been an increase in patients on oxygen support an almost 2% rise in the last one month. Indian Express reported that a senior official of the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare said that in the first week of July, when India emerged as the country with the third highest number of novel coronavirus cases, 7% of active cases were on oxygen support. Exactly a month ago, that percentage stood between 5 to 5.5%. Maharashtra's death toll has crossed the 10,000 mark. While it took the state 91 days to cross the 5,000 mark on June 16th, since it registered its first death on March 17th, the next 5,000 deaths were added to the toll within a span of just 25 days. The state has recorded more than 8,000 new cases, pushing its infection tally to over 2,46,000. Late last night, actor Amitabh Bachchan and his son Abhishek Bachchan informed the Twitterati that both of them had tested positive for COVID-19. The father and son are undergoing treatment at the Nanavati Hospital in Mumbai. Today, Aishwarya Rai Bachchan and her daughter Aradhya too tested positive for the virus. Only Jaya Bachchan has tested negative. Sanitation workers of the BMC went to their bungalow this morning to seal it and put up a containment area poster. At least 18 people at Maharashtra's Raj Bhavan, the official residence of the governor in Mumbai, have tested positive for coronavirus. This also includes staff working closely with Governor Bhagat Singh Koshyari, who is currently in self-isolation. Maharashtra government has said that the people in the state will now have to show their Aadhaar card, COVID-19 test certificate, doctor's prescription and phone number to buy medicines and drugs to treat coronavirus. Rajendra Shingne, the Minister for Food and Drug Administration, said, and I quote, We have medicines in enough supply, but the demand for medicines has gone up. Unquote. Delhi's active cases of coronavirus reported on Saturday were the lowest in the last 31 days. The Delhi government, meanwhile, has said that its home isolation model for COVID-19 patients has been quite successful, with no reported deaths among those recovering at home in the last 10 days. In its statement, the government said, and I quote, Of the 691 deaths that took place during the last fortnight, only seven deaths took place in home isolation between 24th June to 30th of June. Saying that not a single patient has died this month in home isolation, the government attributed the success to Chief Minister Kejriwal's decision to distribute pulse oximeters to all patients in home isolation. The Delhi government has asked all district magistrates to document initiatives taken by them in their respective areas to deal with the pandemic. Also, Chief Minister Arvind Kejriwal and West Bengal Chief Minister Mamta Banerjee have urged the Prime Minister Narendra Modi to direct the University Grants Commission to cancel examinations in all central government universities across the country amid the crisis. Karnataka has overtaken Uttar Pradesh to become the state with the fifth highest caseload in the country. The state has so far seen over 36,000 infections. 
Only Maharashtra, Tamil Nadu, Delhi and Gujarat have more cases. Bengaluru, meanwhile, is all set to go in for a fresh round of complete lockdown. The city will shut down for a week between July 14th and July 22nd in a bid to contain the rapid spread in the state which is currently seeing the fastest infection rate in the country. In fact, Bengaluru had been experimenting with lockdowns during the weekends earlier as well. But there were no noticeable signs of slowdown. In Odisha, health officials have attributed the surge in cases in Bhubaneswar to the gross violation of social distancing norms. The state has registered over 12,000 COVID cases and almost half of the new cases in Bhuvaneshwar are youth who are in their 20s. Union Minister G. Kishan Reddy has requested the Telangana government to increase coronavirus testing and give proper treatment to patients. He visited Gandhi Hospital in Hyderabad where health workers were on a strike yesterday protesting low wages and shortage of staff. Also, in Nizamabad in Telangana, in complete violation of COVID norms, relatives of a dead coronavirus patient allegedly carried his body on their auto rickshaw for burial. This was after they managed to secure it from the state-run government hospital with the help of a relative. A probe into the issue has been ordered and the hospital superintendent has been asked to file criminal cases on the staff who were involved in handing over the body. Sikkim began rapid antigen testing yesterday at the state border check post. Chief Minister Prem Singh Tamang inaugurated a COVID screening centre at the Rangpo checkpoint. The Himalayan state has imported 15,000 antigen test kits from a South Korean biotechnology firm called SD Biosensor. Each kit is priced at 450 rupees. With the increasing number of infections being recorded among security forces across the country, Sikkim recently also made COVID-19 tests mandatory for defence personnel entering the state. The state's chief secretary also suggested that the army and the paramilitary forces should immediately start randomised testing before they travel to Sikkim. In Nagaland, the tally is inching towards 800. The state, however, has not reported any COVID deaths so far. The infection tally in Bihar, which is seeing a sudden surge since the beginning of this month, has crossed 15,000. Four districts, including Patna, have been put under lockdown to curb the spread. The state health department has converted Ames Patna into a dedicated COVID-19 hospital to accommodate more patients. The only other dedicated COVID-19 facility in Patna is the Nalanda Medical College and Hospital. In a major decision, the Uttar Pradesh government has decided that offices and markets in the state will remain closed on weekends. The decision to close markets was taken by the Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath to check the spread of coronavirus. Additional Chief Secretary of Home Avanish K. Avasti said that banks and other industrial units will not close down. He also said that production in factories and movement of goods and vehicles carrying essential commodities will be permitted. Talking of Uttar Pradesh, there seems to be an intensifying clampdown against journalists who are critical of the state government. Take for example scroll journalist Supriya Sharma who was charged under the stringent SCST Act for reporting on the lockdown-induced suffering of people who live in a village adopted by the Prime Minister in Varanasi. Even Prashant Kanojia, a journalist, was arrested last year for supposedly defaming the Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath in a tweet. We at News Laundry have been reporting on several such cases. But the problem, however, is that while action against better-known journalists rarely go unnoticed, the plight of local journalists who have been suffering at the hands of Uttar Pradesh's BJP government has gone largely unreported. Freelancers and reporters with local media organisations have been booked, served notices and questioned for doing stories that show the Uttar Pradesh government in an unflattering light. To find out more about what's going on, please go to newslaundry.com and read the report titled 
missing from headlines, how the Adityanath regime is going after local journalists. In case you're thinking the rest of India is doing any better, let me remind you, our country slipped two points on the World Press Freedom Index this year to score 142 out of 180. So, dear listeners, as citizens, it is time for you to step up in order to execute your duties and rights. Support independent media organizations, support people who tell you the truth, because telling the truth, as you can see, is an expensive affair. And this is exactly why News Laundry was born. We are an independent media organization that is 100% free of advertisements. We realize that as long as there are advertisers and sponsors in the middle, the media cannot be truly free. Subscribe to us and subscribe to other independent media outlets. The best way to show that you care is by helping small organizations like us survive in this world dominated by big media. And now for some international updates on the godforsaken virus. The global coronavirus count is now over 12.6 million while the death toll has crossed 564,000. So, guess who finally decided to wear a mask? The President of the United States. Yes, yes, you heard that right. Donald Trump wore a mask in public for the first time during a visit to a military hospital on Saturday evening. His decision to wear a mask came as the US continues to register record levels of COVID-19 cases. Trump's aides and experts had been urging him to follow his own government's guidelines on face coverings. As he left the White House, Trump told reporters, and I quote, When you're in a hospital especially, I think it's expected to wear a mask. Unquote. The only other time Trump was seen sporting a mask was behind the scenes during a tour of a Ford plant in May. At the time, he refused to wear a mask in public because he said he did not want to give the press the pleasure of seeing him in a mask. Um, okay. In recent weeks, many people working in proximity to the president have been testing positive, including his son Donald Jr.'s girlfriend Kimberly Guilfoyle, who tested positive before Trump's rally at Mount Rushmore on 3rd of July. People close to Trump told the Associated Press that the president was scared that a mask would make him look weak. He was concerned that him sporting a mask would shift focus to the public health crisis rather than the economic recovery. Meanwhile, in Britain, Cabinet Minister Michael Gove explicitly said that face masks should not be mandatory in the country. In an interview with the BBC, he said, and I quote, I trust people's good sense. Unquote. However, he said that the situation was evolving and tougher measures could be taken. This comes after Boris Johnson hinted on Friday that there would be stricter measures on face masks in England. Meanwhile, British virologist Wendy Barclay from the Imperial College of London said that laboratory studies show that coronavirus droplets can remain in the air for an hour in their infectious state. She said that the use of face masks is about protecting others from you. So if you have the virus in your breath, even if you don't feel unwell, they are likely to prevent some of those droplets. Spaniards in two northern regions will be voting for regional elections today amid tight security measures to avoid more outbreaks in the region. Regional authorities in both Basque Country and Galicia have prohibited over 400 people who have tested positive for the virus from leaving their homes to vote. Spain's Supreme Court backed the decision in a ruling in response to a complaint by the opposition parties in both the regions. Voters have to wear face masks and remain 1.5 meters apart in polling stations, which are equipped with hand sanitizers. Three doctors and a nurse tested positive for the novel coronavirus in Syria's northwest Idlib province, the first cases to emerge in the region, raising fears it could rapidly spread through densely populated camps for the internally displaced Syrians. 
The number of people living in the sprawling camps has increased in recent months after the Russian-backed Syrian government forces launched a campaign to regain control of the last rebel-held bastion in the war-torn country. Thousands of Israelis took to the streets of Tel Aviv against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's economic policy in light of the coronavirus crisis. More than 10,000 people gathered in Central Rabin Square yesterday evening to draw attention to the financial difficulties due to the coronavirus crisis, especially for self-employed Israelis. They accused the government of not taking care of citizens' needs. Twelve demonstrators were arrested and some protesters reportedly clashed with the police after they tried to block central streets in Tel Aviv. Three officers were slightly injured after demonstrators used pepper spray on them. Netanyahu on Thursday had presented his aid package to help people through the coronavirus crisis. Finance Minister Israel Katz had said that the total package was worth about 80 billion shekels or $23 billion. Now for some non-coronavirus news. The family of the jailed writer and poet Varvara Rao has demanded his immediate release. They said his health condition is worsening rapidly and that the state is trying to kill him in jail. 81-year-old Rao was arrested by the Pune police in Elgar Parishad case in 2018 and was lodged at the Taloja prison in Mumbai. Earlier, he was admitted to JJ Hospital but was later released and shifted back to jail. On Saturday, his family in Hyderabad learnt about his worsening health condition and demanded the Minister of State Home, Kishan Reddy and Telangana Chief Minister K. Chandrasekhar Rao to ensure his release. Addressing media online, Himlata, Rao's wife, alleged that the central government was trying to kill him in jail. She said, and I quote, The immediate cause of concern now is that we are very much perturbed at the routine phone call we received from him on Saturday evening. Though the earlier two calls on June 24th and July 2nd were also worrying with his weak and muffled voice, incoherent speech and abruptly jumping into Hindi. As an eloquent and articulate public speaker and writer in Telugu for over five decades, a Telugu teacher for four decades and known for his meticulous memory, this fumbling incoherence and loss of memory were in themselves strange and frightening. Unquote. Maharashtra police had arrested nine human rights activists from across the country in connection with the Bhima Koregaon violence, which broke out in January 2018. Police in its charge sheet also alleged that the activists were plotting to kill the Prime Minister Narendra Modi. However, the activists say that the police is yet to produce any conclusive evidence and that there was undue delay in granting them bail. On January 1, 2018, Dalits had taken to the streets in numerous parts of Maharashtra to demand action against right-wing groups who attacked members of the community. To find out more about what happened, do read Kanchan Srivastava's 2018 ground report titled What Sparked the Bhima Koregaon Violence? You'll find the report on newslaundry.com. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. 